I was so young when my parents told me that I was adopted that I don't remember a time in my life when I didn't know this fact about myself. They emphasized that it meant I was chosen, that I was wanted. They even reminded me that Moses was adopted. So being adopted was not exactly something I felt ashamed of. No, in fact, it made me feel pretty special. And I felt sorry for kids who arrived in their families in the usual way. <laughs> I was born in 1959 in Berkeley, California. And I was adopted through a state agency, which at that time meant that your original birth certificate was shut, sealed, never to be opened again. But based on the questions that I asked growing up, my parents told me what they knew. So I knew, for instance, that my biological parents had been young graduate students at Berkeley, that they were engaged to be married when I came along, and that they were utterly unprepared for parenthood. I also came to understand that giving up a baby was a very painful decision for anybody to make. And so while I wasn't interested necessarily in searching for my biological parents, from a very young age, I wanted to reassure them. And so as a kid, I used to lie on my back on the grass and talk to them the way that other people talk to God. Whoever you are out there, it's cool. Don't worry. I grew up with an older brother who was also adopted. And his temperament was quite a bit like our parents, who were Scandinavians to the core. So he was reserved, quiet, calm, didn't like to make a fuss, didn't like to draw attention to himself. But you know that kid who's always bouncing off the walls and ceiling? The kid who never shuts up? The kid who turns every room they're in upside down? The kid with no off switch? I was that kid. I wasn't a bad kid and I wasn't a mean kid, but I was always in trouble, especially in school where I never shut up and I never sat still. And I was always bringing notes home to my parents for fighting, or I was spending time in the principal's office for doing things like standing on my desk and imitating our teacher as the Fuhrer. <laughs> if you were my babysitter, good luck. All right, try to find me around bedtime and chances where I had scaled the bookcase and was watching you from above on the beams that crossed the top of our living room ceiling. If you got me into bed, good luck keeping me there. If you got desperate and locked me in my room, which happened, I continued the show from under the door. My parents used to say that they hadn't adopted a daughter, they had adopted a howler monkey. <laughs> and while I never felt self-conscious about being adopted, what I did feel self-conscious about was how different I was from the rest of my family. All right, everybody was sort of stayed and I was just bouncing all over the place. And I felt bad about that, but no matter how much I tried to shut it down and cage the monkey, I couldn't fly beneath the radar if my life depended on it. Five minutes later, I'd be dancing on the coffee table. Flash forward to my 30th year. I'm a college professor by now, and by now I've reined in my more dubious tendencies, mostly. I really kind of went underground, and I was kind of two different people. By day, college professor. By night, howler monkey. <laughs> I had a swing set in my living room. I walked my dog at night wearing a cat costume. On weekends, I went to punk shows where I staged, dove, and crowd surfed. That fall of my 30th year, my parents wanted me to come home for a visit. And it wasn't a good time in the semester, but they were absolutely insistent, so I went home. And on the second morning of my visit, I learned the reason for it. They told me that my father had been headed out to go to the bookstore a few months earlier, and he'd asked my mother if there was any other books she wanted him to pick up. She said, yeah, as a matter of fact, there is. I can't remember the name of the title, but the word kindergarten is in it, and I can't remember the name of the author at all. 
but you should be able to find it. It's this wild bestseller. So my father came home in about an hour, and he pulled a book out of the bag, and he held it up, and it was Everything I Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten by Robert Fulgham. And he said to my mother, does this name look familiar to you? Of all the questions that I had asked them growing up, do you know the names of my biological parents was not among them, but if I had, the answer would have been yes. I learned that they were in possession of my original birth certificate. And yes, my mother did recognize the name. Robert Fulgham was listed as my father. I was kind of outside of my body by this point, <laughs> far away and not quite getting my mind around what was happening. And my mother put the book down in front of me and said, have you heard about it? And I said, yeah, of course I had, everybody had. And she said, she put down the, a copy of the New York Times Magazine that had a story about Robert Fulgham in it. And I turned right to that story and a two-page photo of the author sitting on a swing in his living room. <laughs> okay. I was so shocked seeing my, my face reflected back to me for the first time in my life and a sense of primal recognition that came over me that I burst into tears. And my mother said, do you think this man's your father? I said, no question in my mind, yes. And so they said they would support me in whatever I decided to do with this information. And by that evening, I was in touch with both my biological mother and father and learned that, yes, they had gotten married, they'd stayed together long enough to have two sons and adopt a daughter, and that everybody lived in Seattle. My birth parents, my siblings, their children. And so in two days' time, I flew to Seattle, and I walked into utter mayhem. People bouncing off the walls and ceiling, people who had no off switch, people who were turning the room upside down, artists, poets, musicians, teachers, provocateurs who couldn't fly beneath the radar if their lives depended on it and didn't want to. Howler monkeys. At that moment, I had an opportunity that few people ever have to stare the nature versus nature, nurture argument right in the face. And here is what it taught me. You are who you are. And I thought, what's so bad about being a howler monkey? Howler monkeys are awesome. It set me free.